episode 10 episode 10 here we go again <laughs> yeah a while a decade of two hoots and a holler <laughs> <laughs> that's in the description a whole, decade. a whole decade bringing it to you every week with new topics new debates new taglines where is this coming from the truth <laughs> The God honest truth. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. True, true. Yeah. So, how have you been? I've been good. It was a very productive day today. I'm yeah. actually having a glass of wine to celebrate because I did so much today. Red wine? No, it's uh, technically white Zippendel, but it looks pink. So it's sweet. Oh, you know, just like me, baby. Oh, it's like juice. What does Donna say on Parks and Rec? She was like, wine is crying juice. <laughs> Literally. Right. Yeah. And then you see Ben like drink it, like four bottles of the blueberry <laughs> wine. Same. And he throws his check into the fire. I was like, dude, you're having triplets. Like you could have you could have used that money. Right. Spoiler alert. Oh. If anyone hasn't seen Parks and Rec. <laughs> if anyone isn't on the final season of Parks and Rec, Stacey just spoiled it for you. I'm sorry. Yep, that's it. That's like the whole major plot point of that's season it. seven. Just stop watching. So good. I'm glad you had a productive day. It's the first day of fall. It is, and you know what else it is? Mm, full moon. No, that was last week. It was last Thursday. No, new moon was last Thursday. Okay, Twilight. Speaking of Twilight. <laughs> I know you've been watching all the movies, haven't you? I have. Yesterday, Monday night, I actually watched Breaking Dawn Part 1. I All I remember from Breaking Dawn is that Jacob imprints on their baby. That's it. <laughs> I know there's like a battle. I know they get married. I think and then that's that's it. <laughs> you know, like Bella dies. Spoiler alert! <laughs> if you haven't seen Twilight... But what I'm doing is ever since my day when I got tested and I watched the ending of the first one, I've just been watching them one by one and whenever I've gotten time. So next I have to watch part two, but I went to Best Buy and they had a complete season. I think I texted you this. Yeah. I was like, do I buy all five Twilight movies for $20? Did you? Oh, yeah. You didn't tell me if you did or not. Oh, I totally did. I totally got it. Good. And I walked up to the cashier and I was like, listen, it was a deal I couldn't pass up. And she like looked at me like I was crazy. She's like, um, can we keep the line moving here? (laughs) (laughs) Like, this is not time. But back to what day it is, because you said it's first day of fall. It is also... The first day of Libra season. So happy Libra season to all my Libras out there. Mm-hmm. It's our time to shine where we mm-hmm. feel our oats. Mm-hmm. We're just manifesting a lot of positive energy right now for a lot of wonderful things to happen. And technically this first week, we're going to feel like we're bosses. It's a great week for Libras. So basically what you're saying is you're a witch. <laughs> I thought that was obvious. <laughs> I thought I said that like weeks ago. <laughs> I thought you read that read that in my Tinder bio. <laughs> like my song on Tinder, because you can do your anthem is Witchy Woman by the Eagle. 
Like, we then know. <laughs> Anthem on Tinder is Season of the Witch. <laughs> <laughs> like, the entire Witches of Eastwick musical soundtrack is my <laughs> Tinder bio. Your Tinder bio picture is just Winifred from Hocus Pocus. <laughs> Dude, I straight up was thinking about it and I was like, what am I going to be for Halloween this year? Because we have the you thing one thing. Right? Because you could do the like purse cheeks thing and have like, you could color in your like front too. How she kind of has those like mm. buck. Yeah, you, you could make that face really well. And the whole time I could be looking for my sisters the entire night and make like a whole thing of it because I'm by myself and like right you can be looking like, oh, for my book. Later. They're coming later. Like keep saying that like sisters and be like oh they're on their way. Sisters? They're on their way. But then the harsh reality sets in that your sisters well, are not coming. I wasn't gonna go like that depressing with it. I oh, was gonna that go. Capricorn mind just turning it very dark. <laughs> And my Libra mind was definitely, like, running with the whole joke that we were all, we all spread out to look for the book because I'm looking for the book and we all separated. So looking for your book is symbolism for (laughs) (laughs) looking for yourself in the end. Okay, nice. Wow, Keith, are you okay? (laughs) (laughs) I'm like. Sorry, I'm really wrapped up in my Hocus Pocus fanfic. (laughs) Oh my god, Jesus, are you thirsty? (laughs) I just don't know how to process. (laughs) You sound like a fucking fish gulping its last breath. You're like, what? (laughs) You're not a fish. I'm not. Um, you're like, unless I'm the cute fish from the Lorax. Oh, little one. By now, half our listeners are like, click, exit. <laughs> we lost everyone. Every, like, United Kingdom is like, gone. For now, mate. I just combined mate like, is... eight <laughs> dialects. Yep. But that's. That's how good of an actor I am. Now, speaking of acting, <laughs> I think it's a competition between us of who could come up with the most like obscure segue into the topic. <laughs> <laughs> well, someone has to segue into our introduction. That's what I, w- I was going to say, like the topic and then be like the stage left and right tie in, like, you know, like it all kind of tied together. Heard, 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 heard. Cool, 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 So. <laughs> <laughs> Will that be edited out? Tune in, folks, because probably not. <laughs> Honestly, probably not. Probably so, not. Prob- probably not. So, our episode 10 topic is, we do your little, like, Okay, so our episode 10 topic is musical theater. Musical theater. Thank you. That was beautiful. That was was beautiful. So to um, start our episode, uh, I would like to formally introduce tap, 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 tap. Dancing in 
from stage right. We above have, follow, above follow, above follow, flat body. We have Stacy. And I don't always make me. <laughs> what the? F- <laughs> Are you okay? Why were you screaming? Milo tried to jump on the bed and he couldn't, and I just watched his eyes of terror. <laughs> okay, enough crying juice for you. So what I was going to say is, I don't always make musical theater puns, but when I do, anything goes. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> There's that pun. And coming in from stage left, my right-hand man, my partner in crime, my Roxy to my Velma, my Thelma to my Louise, Mm we have... Actually, and also my uh, Glinda to my Alphaba. Oh. We have Casey Cat. Mm-hmm. And you know, one of my life mottos is, why be famous when you can be infamous? Oh, <laughs> that's a good one. Right. Good, good life motto to carry uh, over for you. It is, it is. But we are going back 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 again to the roots of our friendship and how we met if we both did not share the love of musical theater we would not be we would not be friends we wouldn't we 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 really wouldn't and also if tumblr was never created like these two things needed to happen Mm -hmm. and for us to become best friends and they did so we met on Tumblr because we were both very active on it at the time. We both tagged our posts with what, like Oakland Musical Theater, like very similar. Something like that, tags. yeah. And I, I don't remember who messaged who first. Do you? I don't remember either. We're going to have to go back and find it. But I In know that like, because I know that that's how I met my roommate, Marie, mm-hmm. um, through literally posting on Tumblr. <laughs> Oh, you or something like that. But yeah, yeah we we met, or what, I think it might have been you who posted, and I responded to it. Mm, that seems most likely. Yeah. And yeah, then, um, or wait, because also we had Bree who also joined us on that. So I don't know how it all happened, I, but anyway. But anyway, two hoots and a holler later. <laughs> Here we, we are. literally. <laughs> And the cutest part about our, our meeting is that we messaged each other on, we replied to the posts on, on Tumblr mm-hmm. back in the day. Wow. Oh, wow. And then ago. we started talking and we had like a friend first date. We met at Caribou Coffee. And if anyone knows, it was yeah. on Walton. Mm-hmm. We're like in the strip mall with the Kirby's Coney Island mm-hmm. and all of that. And uh, actually the Caribou turned into turned the, in the Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is also something we love. So how ironic. I know. So um, it, it worked out kind of. But yeah, so we met at Caribou Coffee and we both didn't know how it was going to go. And then lo and behold, our love for theater and everything else just fell into place. Mm-hmm. The stars aligned, one would say. We're in the same program, and, had same classes together. Yep. And you're a cap with a Libra rising and I'm a Libra with a cap rising, which is meant to be. It was destined. I mean, it, the matchup. Like so. the stars 
literally lined up exactly Mm -hmm. so we went through the whole musical theater program together and honestly like that experience is it's it's tiresome like it was (laughs) that's like the best word I can use to describe it because like it was great we're going to school for like what we loved and like that truly was our passion and you know but like the days where like you'd go to school full-time like I tell people I'm like yeah, I majored in musical theater, but then you kind of feel like you have to, like, justify it. Mm-hmm. I was like, but it's not all fucking jazz hands and box squares. Like, it's fucking <laughs> hard, dude. Yeah, especially because on top of it, like, for our program, um, we didn't get to take gen eds that were like theater gen eds like some other schools out there like we had to right. take it w- math normal science, school it, like it was the sorry yeah i didn't mean to cut you off but yeah no. that's literally it, it was literally that we had to take all of those classes and not gonna lie our oakland had a really good program for mm-hmm. some of the programs they had and really mm-hmm. good math and science courses and whatnot so it was hard and then on top of it trying to hold down a job mm-hmm. you were working like, like to- 12 jobs literally so not only was it classes and it was like we couldn't have classes too early because then you know we would be in rehearsal until sometimes two in the morning yeah legit and so then if we had an 8 a.m like what was the point of sleeping and then so we were taking full course like full class loads which obviously a lot of kids do and then we would you know I personally would have all of my classes And then I would um, go to work and I had three jobs at one point. I was serving at a restaurant on Fridays and Saturdays. No, this is before Olga's. Uh This was Dave and Amy's. And then I had my job at the shoe store at the mall. And then I also was teaching at the time too. So I was teaching dance and stuff at the studio that shall not be named. And so I literally would go to class and then I would either go to one of my jobs for a few hours and then go to rehearsal and then do it all over again. And then on Fridays, we couldn't have classes because we had theater classes for the entire day. Mm -hmm. So it was just a lot. And then every show you were in, hours on top of that, tech rehearsal, hell week, it was. Uh, (sighs) I tell people like if I did have to take those earlier classes some semesters, like. I would literally be, like, in classes from, like, 8 a.m. to 4, 4.30, and then, like, rehearsal, like, 6 to midnight, 1 a.m. Like, I'd be at school, like, over 12 hours. Yeah, we always joked about turning our green room into, like, a place to sleep, but we did that multiple times. We did, and I feel like, I mean, it's, yeah, it was a lot, but we had some, um good experiences really good um, yeah i mean ups and downs um drama. Yeah, and, I, <laughs> I, and i think too that's like every school has drama every group of people when you put them together especially theater people yeah, i was gonna say like that heightens <laughs> the fuck out of it like the stakes were always high the the stakes. <laughs> i always joked like we were our own little like microchasm like in the universe and everything yeah. was just around that like yeah there was a girl i mean like when we all auditioned for legally blonde and the cast list went up and this girl who was a senior at the time like literally ripped the cast list down 
Oh, and that wasn't the first time that she did that because she also did it for Spring Awakening. Right. It's like, like what drives you to that such high level of like, it's just like so theatrical to me. Like it's like I putting mean, on a performance. I mean, yeah, it makes sense. But to quote um, that Chuck Palahniuk book I'm reading, Invisible Monsters, I've been like underlining like my favorite lines and stuff. I'm just like having like a working book that I like to go back to and whatever. But one of his lines in it that I when I first read it in high school, like always stuck to me was hysteria is impossible without an audience. Oh, that's such a good line. I know. Like, it's so true though. Like you're like, when you're around people, like you are gonna like be that heightened screaming, crying, sobbing, like act. But like when you're by yourself experiencing these things, it's more like internal, like you might cry or whatever, but like you don't put on these like theatrics of like, escalating your emotions and that's what people do like they want that attention they want the highest (laughs) you know what I mean they want the Irene you know oh yeah which but no overall I think like I had a good time yes there were moments that when you in in the moment of it I was like the world is ending right but, like, looking back on it, I can sit there and say that I had such great times and such good experiences. And I'm obviously being overly positive about it because there were some times that were just really intense and really bad and, mm-hmm. and whatnot. But at the same time, like, <clears throat> overall, I was we were so fortunate to be able to do what we wanted to do and do what we love. And, I mean, it brought us closer together and our friendship, you right. know. We were in comp- shows together. Yeah, we were. And like, honestly, looking back on it, that's what I miss the most. I miss the being in shows. And that was always the part that brought us together that like threw all the drama out once we got on that stage. Oh, yeah. Like, it w- we all were there for the same reasons. We were all motivated. I just got chills. We were all motivated for the same things. Like, and no, I agree. I agree. Yeah. And that was the part that I think I like miss the most that I really appreciated because we were in some fun shows, dude. You mean Legally Blonde the musical? <laughs> <laughs> Legally Blonde. So many. Like, that's one of my biggest, like, like memory marks from Oakland. I will take away. Because, yeah. like, okay. So, a little backstory. So, this musical was cast. With a director who lived in Canada. But wait, we're not even at the point. Remember, it wasn't even supposed to be Legally Blonde to begin with. It was supposed, was it supposed to be Oklahoma? Or no, no, it was supposed Heathers. to be Good News. No, it was supposed to be Good News. Oh, yeah, which is weird that they couldn't get the rights to it, considering that's like such an old, obscure like musical like no one does. So It's because I think someone else in the area was doing it around the oh, same time. Yeah. That, that makes sense. Um, but yeah, it was supposed to be this like Golden Age musical, Good News. Plot twist, couldn't get the rights. So it's legally blonde. <laughs> the musical. You go from this showtimey 1950s, you know, to contemporary sluts. No, I'm just kidding. But like, like, literally came out only a few years prior. Oh, right. So it was, it was, so that was kind of a shift. And then the director was in Canada. That was that my was, girlfriend who lives in Canada. Like, yes, basically, but it's our director who lives in Canada who didn't come into the show until like two weeks. Yeah, we literally we casted this show. We literally, well, that was the whole thing. It was like we were supposed to have a guest director to 
And then schedules got all mixed around, which this dude was in Cats, so I'm obsessed with him. Um, mm-hmm. Shout out but Dave Campbell. Dave Campbell, his picture was in the green room for years. Oh, yeah. But and at the Nathan, same time. Nathan ripped it down. Oh, God. I was whatever. in there when he did it. Okay, go on. Um, <laughs> but the thing was, is that the show was cast completely choreographed music learned the only thing we didn't know was the stage direction and how he wanted to do it set built everything and then he comes in and we'd like crash course but it was a great experience because it taught us like how to work with these directors who come in and in the real world you don't spend unless you're workshopping a show like you don't spend months upon months going through stuff you know it's a very fast-paced thing. Right. So it was, it was a good experience, but at the same time, he had no hand in the casting. No. He had no hand in anything. So when he came in, he started to, like, adjust things and add things. I remember there were parts I wasn't in. He was like, you, get on stage. I was like, okay. <laughs> on, on that, oh. And I, oh. Yeah, it was just, like, a heightened level. And, I mean, yeah, college level, I mean, I guess it's good to throw in that, like, experience, but, like, Let's fucking do the layout of this fucking stage. It was, <laughs> it was a fucking square. Wait, before that, I'm going to let you describe this stage. But just to give our audience an idea, we at our school didn't have a proscenium. So we didn't have what we did, but the opera kids used it. And it was reserved for the band kids and opera kids. Yeah. And a proscenium is basically just like a typical stage when you think of a stage. The audience is just sitting in their seats. There's a stage. There's a curtain and everything, and it's like flat against the audience, and it's very right. much Detroit Opera you know, House Fisher Theater, like Vincent yes, classic it's theater. what you think, yes, exactly. It's what you think so, of theater, yes. So when we were at Oakland, <laughs> like I said, <laughs> the opera kids and the band kids took that and didn't let us have yeah, it. Like, so we Fuck had the you guys, you're not as talented they as hated us. They us. Hated They're like, us. get out of our math. They're like, they get out of our master class. Us. Oh yeah, they hated us. Okay. But anyway, so we had a black box theater, which was cool because it allowed us to do a lot of creative things with our sets that most people don't get to experience when you're in college. And it was awesome for some shows. And then we do shows like Legally Blonde. And when I mean black box, I mean, we get to not only build the set however we want, we get to configure the audience Uh, however we want. So super cool. But now, Keith, please explain. Okay, so picture the audience is like a three-fourths of a circle. <laughs> like, like a horseshoe. Yeah, that's a much better way to describe it. A horseshoe. There's a fucking navy blue square in the middle, which the navy was chosen to make all of L's pink pop. That's why the whole entire set, whole, <laughs> whole set, set was navy. Behind the square stage, there were sliding doors where... <laughs> The half the pit was was it the whole pit or was the second? They were half? all upstairs. No, they were oh. all on top of that platform. So on the bottom half, there's sliding doors that was used for like entrances and stuff. And then there was a second level where there was another, like there's a platform. The band's behind it. It's like a balcony, like going off into the square platform. And then on the three edges of the square, out into the audience, there's fucking excuse me, like fucking 30 narrow ass steps. When I say <laughs> narrow, it's not your average, oh, jotting up the stairs real quick. You had to look. You had to fucking be careful. Otherwise, you will fall like one of our co-mates, Lindsay, <laughs> fucking fell from the top of the stairs to the bottom of the stairs. I don't think you were in the room, but I witnessed it happen. 
She felt she was lucky she didn't fucking tumble and snap her neck. She slid yeah. down on her knees on these because we had no railing. No railing. Because it would obstruct the audience's view because exactly. we were in a fucking horseshoe. Exactly. The, so fucking Lindsay is sliding down on these fucking bare-ass wooden stairs. <laughs> like, this is <laughs> horrific. And you, as one of the Delta News among other characters, had to, go, <laughs> had to go up these, <laughs> had to go up these fucking stairs a lot. Oh, I had to dance on the stairs. Yeah. We passed a dog down the stairs. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was a lot. And oh, then on top of it. two live dogs in the show. Let's just throw out that, that out there really quick. Two live dogs. One of them was the the dog of the the person I was dating at the time. That Stacy somehow got into the show. <laughs> like, okay, listen. Gretch. Gretch, oh little Gretel. So she was a classically trained um, show poodle. Mm -hmm. So she was trained to like always walk on your a certain side and all that stuff. And she didn't bark, but she was like too small to be in the shows. She was trained and everything, but she was the runt. So she was perfect for this show. And oh my god, I they were originally going to use like a Bichon Freeze for Bruiser, which is (laughs) if you don't know what a Bichon is, it's like a clunky ass like corgi sized dog yeah. and Elle's supposed to like pick it up and stuff and so I said that to the um, mom of the person I was dating and they're like we have a Bichon that would not work you're gonna take Gretch you're gonna take Gretel and I was like I can take your dog and she's like yeah Gretel will love the show like she's perfect for it she's a star she, she's been waiting her whole life for this this is why she was trained and all of this wow. stuff and literally told me to use the dog so then I I texted friend I think or I don't know how, but I like brought it up at rehearsal to Dave, and he was like, "Let me see a picture of the dog." And next thing you know, Gretch is in the fucking show. And you, not only did you have to do like full nights of rehearsal, but you had to fucking drive that damn dog home to Royal Oak. Yeah, and then back, and back every, and then when we did the two show days. Mm-hmm. Mm, but anyways, but on top of the fact that the set was like crazy and whatnot. We had one, there was always like a thing at Oakland shows that of course, and I think it's everywhere in every theater, but ours, we always tried to make a joke of because there were always shows where shit just hit the fan, right? Like everyone has it. Um, this this one night, there this was a lot that happened in this show. This is an infamous so, night. Okay. I mean, there's there's a ton from this night, so I don't know what implements moment you're talking about because they're all kind of implements, and they went down in history. Legally black. Oh yeah, yeah. okay. That's <laughs> what I'm talking about. So basically, like stuff always happened in all of our shows and whatnot. Legally Blonde's a perfect example because so much happened in this show to where we were like, we're cursed. cursed. We should have done good news. Like that was the joke. We were like and the then, theater god. They're angry yeah, with then us. Yeah, everyone calling it like good because like the set exactly. was blue <laughs> and everything was going wrong yeah. yeah yeah um so there was a few of them like unfortunately because these stairs were so tiny there was one person who there was a video of it and it was known as someone takes a tumble and we were like walking around someone in a marching band a i'm not gonna name names for sake of their their dignity and um <laughs> Literally, because as Keith was saying, we there was like a giant blue scent like stage that we did, but it was oh, raised nice. to a certain yeah, height yep. that like 
wouldn't make sense normally. Again, no. you'd have to look at it. So this person is not only carrying like a tuba or a trombone or something, but they're playing the marching band. <laughs> this person. I don't know. And this is the one show that was recorded. All of the events I'm going to talk about happens like on the one show that we recorded. And this person like goes to steps off the stair and it's a very small space before you have to step onto the platform and this person did not make it and ended up like tumbling onto the stage and no one reacted because we couldn't and we just kept (laughs) dancing I think they like sprained their ankle yeah but it was like how they felt and they like eventually like laughed at it with us but like it was how they felt it was so calm I'm in my mind because otherwise I would feel like a horrible person but it was so comical like how they fell and oh my god so that that one was that was one and then also because at the time we supposedly didn't have headsets to connect our booth again we're in a black box so we don't have like a booth where someone can sit and make calls so the stage manager literally is sitting on the catwalk which is like the raised area around the stage for us. Normally it's on top of it with all the lights. Mm-hmm. Ours is around it. And so literally we're about to start the show. We're queuing up music. We're getting ready to go and everyone's in their places. And the band pretty much like starts playing the overture after we do our whole opening sequence, which is like a yoga scene or whatever. Oh, and why was that added? Because Dave was like, it doesn't make sense how the show just starts out of nowhere. So he like, it does. he was like, I want to build some context. I know. He was like, I want to build some context. We did like a whole yoga scene. And then I like took a call or something and it was like time to start the show. And um, then basically the band starts playing and it's like, and it's like, and it when I I have chills when I when I say it's the loudest fuck because it's a full ass drum kit and everyone's just going oh, you can't hear anything so right yeah and so next thing you know everyone's in their spots at top of the stairs because the opening number is the Delta New Girls the Greek chorus literally walking down those death trap stairs to the main area well some asshole decides to plug their phone in into the master like switchboard to charge it and blacks out the entire (laughs) theater and you know who doesn't know what the fuck is going on the band and the band keeps playing keeps fucking playing because we no one can communicate they can't see anything because of the death trap of a set that was built that put them on a raised platform where they couldn't see the stage because it was covered in blue mesh and they're just playing so what are we supposed we can't run no one can tell everyone's in the show anyways so it gets to the point where next thing you know one of the girls starts singing and has to keep singing as she's they're literally crawling down the stairs in this blackout so that they do not trip and fall. Yeah. And then eventually, like, the sh- the lights came back on and whatnot. But we did the entire, like, ha- first half of, oh, my God, you guys in the dark. <laughs> the entire first half. Yeah, it's just like, can I get a refund? Like... Right? <laughs> and it's the one night that we were filming to on top of it. So on our poor video of it, you see two versions that they cut together. So, like... <laughs> one person is like on stage with a chair and then it immediately cuts to them running on stage with a chair 
God, and like jump ropes were flinging into the audience during Whipped into Shape. It like, was just you were a judge. My gavel flew oh, yeah, across the, the stage. Yeah. Like my favorite role I've ever seen Stacey in in eight years of friendship is the judge in Legally Blonde. Like I've never seen such commitment, and like it's one of those. Like I feel like it'd be like a like a judgment on RuPaul, like you know, you took your background character and made it the shining star, you know, like something like that. I like, like stole the scene. You did, like, like was it your choice to raise on that exactly? Yeah. Like, yeah. like you made like an actor's choice of like not raising to like this perfect part of like Stacey shimming shimming up behind a judge stand in like a full robe kitty cat wig like gavel Stacey had fucking like nine wigs half the budget for Legally Blonde half the budget for Legally Blonde was spent on Stacey's wigs and I will stand by that 100%. 100%. Leslie was so excited. She's like, I got a new lace front for you to try on. I'm like, how's it going to stay? <laughs> Didn't you honestly have like five wigs in that show? Yeah, so I had my first one, which was like my lion one for my sorority girl. And I loved that wig. That was the new lace front she got. Oh. And then I did another wig after that for Whitney. It was a brown, really bad like low ponytail wig and then I did a very short butterfly clip one because also with this show I just want to let my audience know no one was aligned as well as well as all the other bullshit going on with the show no one was aligned on what time period the show was in like our director thought it was like current time our costume director thought it was the 90s like You're so, right. so I'm supposed to be in prison doing the whipped into shape number with fucking butterfly clips in my like kitty cat wig like, and then that was the bitch of things for the costumes. Like, I would say we have a pretty like uh like wide array of costumes to pick from, but yeah. instead we ordered this like combo pack of generic '90s outfits. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, like, and I'm just having flashbacks. And I'm having flashbacks to, like, Leslie trying to put our outfits together. And I look like a fucking watermelon for my opening scene. I was, like, in this bright green shirt with this, like, pink little shoulder shawl thing that, like, only covered my shoulders. But I, like, put my arms in it with, like, a gr- <laughs> with, like. <laughs> it's, I'm sorry. I'm getting so, my voice is so high. Only dogs, only dogs can hear me. But yes, it is all, yeah, yeah. I but anyways, that. back to the wigs real quick. So then I had my kitty cat wig with the butterfly clips. There's supposed to be an inmate. Kitty cat wig with the butterfly clips. And then I went to my, oh. Oh my God. and then I went to my judges. And then I went to, I think, my natural hair for one thing. No, they wanted to do my natural hair for the prison number. But I was like, you guys, I'm wearing wigs for two hours. You will not be able, if I take that off it's not gonna be good and they're like why why i'm like when you wear a wig you have to keep a wig on for the rest of the show but anyways then i went to my judges like kind of helmet yep your barbara wig. my oh oh my god i loved that one and then i think i wore that one for a majority of the show and i think at the very end i switched back into a different wig um because i didn't want to keep that wig for the entirety of the rest of the show but i think i switched back to one i previously wore so yeah right five looks 
Five looks serving it to you. Eleven shows. That was. And you were our saxophone player. I was. (laughs) You like set the mood during serious. You you did. It's all good, but yeah, because that was actually on my special skills in my resume. I put saxophone, and they're like, "Oh, do you want to play saxophone in serious?" And I was like, "Okay, I'll brush it off." Okay. I'll dampen. Was it supposed to be a violin? And then they like put. I'll dampen (laughs) my. Read that's the title of the episode. Dampen my read. Yeah, and then people will just have to know that it's a musical theater episode. <laughs> <clears throat> but yeah. literally, yeah, I got to. I was like uh, in the ensemble, so I was like saxophone player and like a college student, and God, no, like I was in the Irish jig. That was a whole other debacle. Like the choreography, learning it, it was just it was a lot. Um, but so that was what two thousand and. 13 12 no 13 it was like january 2013 oh yeah it was january 2013 yeah right so then a couple years prior to that i got to play emmett and legally blonde in sterling civic theater so that was a lot of fun and that's like one of my like go-to dream roles that i would do over and over again but also i would play and i said this to you multiple times i would play any role in that show i would walk on any time any day and do it I, I would have to agree with you. I think that that show, hands down, not only was it just so much fun because it was such an ensemble-heavy show, mm-hmm. so you were constantly involved in stuff, and it just right. moved. It moved, yeah. You know what I mean? It, flew, it, it flies by. I mean, It flies by, and the writing is impeccable music-wise. The ensemble lines that you get to sing are oh, so much Great harmonies, fun. great humor, like since this is a musical theater themed episode, like I will say that's truly in my top three favorite musicals. Oh, so not only is it in your top three that you like, but it's also what like your top three that you would be in. Yes. Nice. Because I think my vocal type is like contemporary pop and it just like mm-hmm. falls into that show really well. Yeah, because um, you could you could literally play any of the lead guys in there. You I, really could. I think I could. I think I could. I really do. I and as it. you get older, you could play Callahan too. Well, I was actually almost in it a third time the summer after we did it. It was that what's it called? You uh, you've heard of the name? It's like Deborah's Little Door Stage. Deborah's Stage Door. Yes, exactly. So I auditioned for it, and they offered me the part of Professor Callahan. And I was, like, considering, honestly, accepting it. But then I found out there was this fucking, like, $500 participation bullshit. Yeah, literally. And I was like, "Eh, nope. Scam. I know. I turned it down. But I could have been in Lady Boy on the third time. But. Nice. Sula Do you have, like, a general favorite? musicals or you could do like you know top three or an all-time or for sure okay so for musicals that I love and musicals that I would love to be in Mm -hmm. two different musicals that I love company oh yeah (laughs) oh that's top and like musicals that I would want to be in in. yeah you would thrive in that I'm just going to say that if I want to be in a show, I love it a lot. But also, I see myself being in the show. So just assume that my ones that I would want to be in are also in my top that I would just flat out. So the ones that I can't be in, but I also really like, I love Company. 
You would, I think it's such a good show. You would do, you would do well in that. I would, yeah, I think, but I think my, my, I could literally only play two characters, Amy. which would be, well, I could play three. I could play, if they did a female version of Bobby, which they were supposed to do on I Broadway know. before everything shut down, I would be a great Bobby. I would be able to play Amy because yeah, Patter is my, comedic yeah. Patter is my shit. Yeah. And then, um, <clears throat> Ladies Who Lunch, Diane. Yeah, and like, 30, get 30 years so that one for sure and then um oh my gosh like what are some of my other cats like, cats is one of them for sure that i would love to be in as well bumble arena is one of my dream roles love her to death um i loved hairspray hairspray was so <sighs> much fun to be in and i would do it again in a heartbeat because i did it in high school but we were a performing arts high school so you know we did larger scale productions and whatnot and we had like the national touring set as our set and whatnot but then also like west side story mm-hmm. it's like one of my favorites to be in one of my favorites <clears throat> to listen to it's just if if you didn't get like a featured character role in that show like you would be the fucking lead dancer and um... oh dance captain all day every day no i'm talking about in the um mambo 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 yeah no, like you'd be the lead dancer in that 100 dude i would love that and then <clears throat> so that one and then i don't know recently i haven't found any like new musicals that i've been really into i mean there's songs from a lot of them i really enjoy of course like you know Dead Girl Walking from Heathers. I, Heathers. I think that'd be fun. But but at the same time, I, I kind of miss my, like, I'm a, I'm a dancer. A dance of dances. You know what I mean? <laughs> what, so, was that? what was that accent? It's a little Liza, you know? Dance. Um, <laughs> Tony Danza. Um, <laughs> okay. But, yeah, so, so there's times that I think I would, like, be cabaret. in. But, like, I, cabaret. yeah, yeah, I would, I would totally be Sally, I think. So, okay, what is your, and you don't have to do, like, any, um, like, teachers telling you what it is, but, like, in your heart and soul, like, what's your voice type? Like, what, like, genre of theater does your voice type mm. fit into the best? Two. Ver- I, I picked two. one. I, yeah, I picked one, but, okay, I'll give you two, I guess. Because it's so true, though. I do have two. I have. We'll see. I'll decide. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Golden Age. Okay. Um, like mezzo belting. So she you know, loves me. Yes, and also I can cook too from On the Town with Hildy, mm. and like that Golden Age style, um, where it's a little brassier. But then also mm. I do have a lot of rock in my book, like a lot of, you know. I did. I mean, think about it. Like, dogfight was real, more on the rocker side and whatnot. But then also, I had like a lot of Footloose, Somebody's Eyes, and he- Heather's Dead Girl Walking is like a go-to. So, and you know me, I have a, an affinity for Roger and Rent. Oh yeah, we're gonna do. Um, keep keep an eye out, everyone. We're gonna do a gender <laughs> bent version of Rent with me as Mark and Stace. Wait. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So I'll be Mark, but Stacey will be Roger. So it's just, it's like, the dynamic is just going to be, whoa. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. 
So those are those are my two. It's like either the like not contemporary as in like now, but like contemporary musical theater, what it's considered is like the the nineties, eighties, two thousands rock mm-hmm. in musical theater standards. And um and yeah, then like the golden age brassiness. Okay. So what would be your second one? Because you did say that you had your contemporary pop. What would you say your second one? one? I don't know if I have a... I mean, like, I don't mind Golden Age. Like, I felt like I got better at it, like, the longer I went at Oakland, Mm because we both had leads, and, you know, she loves me, and we both did a great job. So I feel like... Right. I feel like I grew into Golden Age more, but, like, I just, like, my forte, like, I still stick with contemporary pop, which Legally Blonde would be defined as it. Heather's the musical, Beetlejuice, Mean Girls, like, those are the ones I always have going. Heather's, like, it's just, uh, I don't know. I love contemporary pop. Legally Blonde is in my top three. Next to Normal, obviously, has a very special place mm-hmm. in my heart, and that's, like, rock pop. When like And, like, also going through Oakland, I had to come to the very um, depressing conclusion that I could never play Gabe in Next to Normal. Because he's, like, a rock... Like, it was, like, my dream world, but he's, like, such a high rock tenor. Like, my voice yeah. doesn't sit up there. Realistically, I could play Henry really well in Next you to could. Normal. Um, but then you know how much I love Into the Woods. Like, that's more... Yeah. You know, that was late 80s. I mean, it is kind of its own little... Sondheim in general is one of my favorite composers. I know you don't really have like a strong feeling towards Sweeney Todd, but that is also that that being like my top five, my dream role is to play a gender bent Mrs. Lovett because I feel like I could like play the shit out of it, and so could you if you like Sweeney Todd more. <laughs> <laughs> I would play I would play Sweeney if we did the gender bent. I would do it oh, for you. Perfect. I just picture you and fucking all black and white, your hair is dyed like a skunk. You're like, these are my friends. Literally. <laughs> smells like piss. Looks like piss. Must be piss. <laughs> Straight up. You just keep going. This is smells like piss. Totally Looks like piss. <laughs> Must be piss. Tastes like piss. Try this piss. Eat this piss. Must be piss. You're vamping for like 10 minutes. I'm just standing there like, ooh, ooh, ooh. The orchestra is just going. Like literally, do, 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 And you just, we're just seeing how long. I have like a watch on. I have my Apple watch on for some reason. <laughs> and I'm like tracking the time. You're like, this is this. I hate this. It's like this. It's like this. It's like this. So, yeah, I would say Sweeney Todd is definitely one of my favorites. Um, I'm a total sucker for the High School Musical series. Mm -hmm. To just give a little idea of how homosexual I really am. When High School Musical 3 was released in theaters instead of being on Disney, you know, Kenny Ortega wanted to get an extra buck. And put it in the theaters, but guess what? It worked. So it did. We all went and saw it. Like a little, little sheeple we are. A little sheeple we are, but one specific closeted gay boy named Keith Michael Zachow saw it seven times in theaters. Keith. Keith. 
hey. <laughs> I mean, no shame. It was good. It was good. And it was like the first couple times, like a normal theater, but then we lived by Macomb Mall, like 10, 15 minutes away. And on uh, Tuesdays, they had dollar tickets. Oh. So I would go like each Tuesday. One Tuesday night, I saw it twice, like once with Dr. Pilot Brooke and the other time with Becca. Like, I was committed, dude. Um, Love High School Musical. My earliest memory of like actually liking a musical was High School Musical because I was eighth grade, summer of eighth grade, going into ninth. And I asked Brooke if she wanted to hang out one night. And she was like, yeah, we can hang out. But Jenna wants to watch High School Musical. And I was like, High School Musical. (laughs) Fucking gay. No, not really. But I was like, oh, like, whatever. And then it was out in the basement. We were watching it. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, why am I liking this so much? Like, I was not until, like. (gasps) What is this feeling? So sudden and new. Uh, <laughs> that's a game we're playing, folks. Finish the lyric. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, so then going into high school and like being in band and stuff, I became friends with this girl named Lizzie and um her friend Cindy, and we were all friends, and they introduced me to Wicked, and I was like, Oh my god, I love this! So like I got into Wicked and then I got into plays and stuff, and it just like grew from there. And Wicked is still like it's such a solid, like, foundation of a good musical to love, you know? Sure. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. That's why you and I would be Glinda and Alphaba. <laughs> yep. Just... So you said that... What? <laughs> I'm just avoiding the Wicked topic. I hate that show. Um, so you said that your first show that you got to do was High School Musical, and then it went to Wicked. Yes. My first show that I ever saw was Cats. And then the show after, what was this, like, the next show that I, like, got into? Les Mis. <laughs> no. I don't like Les Mis. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Mean Girls. I mean, like, I, life. I just, like, never had an affinity to it. I never, Me like, either. watched it. I never, like, saw it live or anything like that. One day so... more. Do, 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 do. I don't even know that much uh, from it. I know One Day More and, um... I dreamed a dream. That's it. <laughs> Pretty much. I was going to say I had a dream, but that's Gypsy, which is another great musical. <laughs> I literally wish I could like do an anthology of just all of my favorite songs from musicals because there's so many of them. And like, you should. That'll be my cabaret. Just my, my playlist. Yeah, your favorite. And it just goes through. Maybe we'll do that for the Patreon. Maybe we'll put together like our favorite musical theater songs. Because also, too, it's hard to say favorite musicals because I there's musicals that I love, but like my favorite songs are nowhere in there. And then there's shows that I love because they have one song. Or right. for instance, like I love Sweet Charity because of Fosse, right? Fosse right. is shit. But, He's my man. But overall, but the, the show's like the book is yeah. like. Eh. And the music's not that like spectac- spectacular. I mean, in Sweet Charity, when they were stuck on, like, the Ferris wheel for, like, 40 minutes, I was like, okay. To be honest with you, when I watch Sweet Charity, I have no idea what's going on with the plot. I literally, it's I'm true. like, what is the plot? It's true. But what is the plot? But people associate Frug and, you know, Sweet, you know, Rich Man's Frug and, like, the popular yes. numbers with it. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, you and I both share a very strong obsession with Hamilton. Yeah, no, Hamilton's a great one. Hamilton's fantastic. And you don't even have to be, like, a like history buff or, like, you know what I mean? 
to be into oh yeah that. yeah absolutely because it's like if they it's it's a perfect example of like if you make it interesting people will pay attention because like if they made <clears throat> exactly. school this interesting oh there's like I, ap us history teachers like playing hamilton songs and shit like because it's as they should it, it sticks with you and one of like one of the things that our uh, old director Fred <laughs> must not be named. Just kidding. Um, said which I fully agree with, and like it just resonated with me. Like leaving college and watching musicals, like a musical number happens when emotions are too heightened for words. Mm-hmm. And that's something that's that really funny. stuck with me because people who don't like musicals will see it and be like, "This is." corny fake fuck so stupid but like it's not really like it's just it's just like another like expression of like what's going on yeah absolutely it's it's like take for instance what's a like perfectly good example of that any heightened emotion that you have i mean god why am i blinking on all of these all of these references <laughs> now that I want to pull from. Jesus Christ, it's a musical. Okay, what about in Frozen 2? <laughs> oh, no. 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 no you, want to, you couldn't come up with one, so what about in Frozen 2? Let's like pick an actual musical, not like a... Mus- like, that's, Frozen 2 is a musical. When is Elsa is going... Frozen's on Broadway, bitch. So yeah, but not Frozen 2. Through, I'm gonna fuck... Reach through this... <laughs> The what you, well, you're breaking island. up. You're breaking Emotions up. Emotions heightened. You're, I didn't hear any of that. Did you Did you turn your Wi-Fi off? Yeah, it's off. Okay, can you hear me now? Yeah. You just don't want me to talk about Frozen. No, I really, trying to, like, you. I really couldn't hear you. You're trying to scapegoat you. your ass out of this. So she's traveling. It's like one of the, like, it's towards the end of the movie, and she's going into, like, the final out of Mahala Island or whatever and then she starts singing show yourself because like she's traveling across like she's like I don't have words for this like this can only be expressed like through this song through my emotion well I think a perfect example oh I came up with a better one but go on is I was gonna say your favorite like musical next to normal that's a perfect (gasps) example because the one the one where they're talking about how could I ever forget Oh my god! I listen to that song. It's so good. It's chills. But like, it's just like this. Yeah, that's perfect because, like, basically going through that whole show, like you don't you don't know in the beginning Gabe is dead. Then you kind of find out in Act One, but then in Act Two, like they're having all these conflicting emotions, and then it leads into how can I ever forget? And it's like the full story how Gabe died, like yeah. as a baby, and like just like recalling all that. And, like, it's that heightened emotion, kind of like, I mean, a big chunk of this episode was us talking about Legally Blonde, like, the end of Act One, mm. like, she sees her name on this fucking list, and, like, she's just, you know, don't you don't have those words, so it, like, goes into a musical number. Yeah. So, like, it has to be those heightened, yeah. And it's perfect, too, another example, and then, like, Spring Awakening, because they have two of mm-hmm. those songs right next to each other for the heightened emotion that, like, teenagers go through. I think Spring Awakening right. is also one of my favorite shows simply because Duncan Sheik's music is amazing in it. And I think that yeah. how it's done is just beautiful. But like you're literally talking about like kids, right? And they have their real life and that's the normal script. That's normally what they're going like they're they're the book. Mm-hmm. And then the songs themselves are meant to be this like outpouring of their intense angsty emotions, hence why they're also rocky. And that's why it's like they're 
inner intensity because their emotions are always so heightened as that's how kids are during puberty right right and so that's why it's so rocky and it's so internal because they can't expose it so that's why you see such a juxtaposition between the two but another perfect thank you another perfect example comes (laughs) when they sing left when Malkyur sings left behind and then immediately transitions into totally fucked yeah it's and the, yeah, they're they're so different. Like I mean, like the like lyrics. I mean, it's like upbeat. Yeah, and it's like the emotions like go so vast because that's true. We can have. What are you doing? I'm getting a drink out of the fridge. Oh, it's like so loud. <laughs> well, at least my audio is gonna come in clearly. Heard. But I'm gonna have one more truly for the night. Um, but it's so okay. true in the sheer fact of like how quickly emotions can switch and be that drastic. Too on top of it, you go from this outpouring of emotion and like deep sadness and then you go to anger immediately and it's like it's so true that you need that music to get you through those emotions because it's the only way you can express it right that's why artists yeah that's i mean like people play guitar do stuff on their own like they make music like express it into you know it's so lovely it's why a dancer dances why a singer sings why a painter paints Damn. Mm-hmm. That was so deep. Mm-hmm. I just. So I think. Well, let me uh, crack this uh, last truly really quick. And I think we should take the audience home tonight with a little um, parody. Not, I don't even want to use the word parody because, like, we're going to take it seriously. Um, we're actually in the midst of writing like a Lana Del Rey musical. Oh yes, we're in the midst of writing two musicals, and we're gonna we're gonna preview both of them. First one is the Lana Del Rey musical, and the other one we're gonna talk about fully in a second. But we are right, like the Lana Del Rey musical, because Keith and I both love Lana. Got us through some mm. hard times oh with Quest. We were oh yeah, literally we listened to emo Lana music and played Neopods. Like that was our college. It was experience. because we literally. <laughs> that sums up our experience in Oakland. Literally, though, and legally blind. Yes, legally blind and key quest. And the fact that, that I played a hooker in every show. Let's just throw that out there too. Why not? I mean, every show, and I can attest to that. I mean, the only show that I didn't, I still play. I played Elsa in Spring Waking. She was promiscuous, still. You know what I mean? Like went through the shit, and she was known as like the promiscuous one at the the commune. Then we had. Right. Um, well, I played the, the only one I didn't was in Legally Blonde. Maybe that's why I like it so much. I played the Judge, Whitney. I played Sorority Girls. I was all over the place. I was like dancer all all over. Then I Sweet Charity played Frenchie. Then The Life, a show oh, music also by Cy Coleman about hookers, but now in the eighties. Yeah. And I also played Frenchie in that. And then I played Marcy and Dogfight prostitute. And then, and then I played Alona, and she's like the free spirited, like sexually advanced one for her time, and she loves me. So, like, man, I guess I just like was a sex symbol of uh, of Oakland. I mean, that's what we all called you behind your back. You know what? <laughs> My type was hooker with a heart of gold. That's and honestly, that kind of ties into your character in the Lana musical. It does. I know. So basically how the Lana musical came into fruition, let's flash back to early June when I was dating religious boy. And it was, (laughs) 
I don't need your Snickers. So it was close uh, to us, uh, you know, breaking up. And he texted me something a couple days before, and I was upset about it. But when he texted me this, I was just about to get into the shower. So he texted to me. (laughs) (laughs) You can you remember it so well? I do. (laughs) So like, I have my hot shower running, and religious boy texts me this, and like, I'm reading it. I like sit down like on the toilet, and like the lid was closed, and I was just like sitting there reading it, and the smoke fog was filling the bathroom, and I texted you. Something along the line. What did Something I say? I was cryptic. Like, you were like, it's over. Yeah. <laughs> it's over. You're like, are you okay? Like. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So religious boy texted me this. Smoke steam is filling the bathroom. You also had just I... lit a candle because you were doing that for your showers. Oh, yeah, that was, like, my shower candle phase. I was probably depressed, <laughs> to be honest. If your <laughs> like, friend has just... a, is in the shower candle phase, check on them. Right, just make sure everything's okay. But, like, I would take a hot shower at night, and, like, I wouldn't have the light on. I would just have a candle lit. <laughs> Are you okay? Self-care depression. Do we really know nowadays? <laughs> It's a blurred line. It's a choose your own <laughs> destiny. You know, you just turn to the page. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So he texts me something and I'm sad. I'm on the toilet. I text Stacey something cryptic. Shower scene is filling the bathroom. And we just somehow spun that out into this Lana Del Rey musical extravaganza. And like the first initial lyric what was like sitting, sitting on the on toilet? The toilet. <laughs> uh, steam in the bathroom. Fucking up, up mirror. <laughs> like we just had this like full Lana, like back and forth, like, and then it just turned into like we're gonna make a Lana Del Rey musical. A fully fledged out. Like we started talking through it, and I think we talked for like maybe an hour and a half too. A, oh. to make sure you're okay, and B, then we, we like, flushed out this entire show, and it was, like, we were, like, we enter from stage left. Oh, we literally had, like, stage directions at points. And then it was, like, where do we go with this story? Patty Lapone's gonna be our showrunner, and, like, back bankroll yeah. us, and all of this stuff. Who was gonna be the only other person in the cast besides you and me? Patty LaPone? No, Patty wasn't going to be in it. She was just going to be the, the money behind it. But we had one other... Pre- he was going to be the preacher oh, yeah. for the wedding. I don't remember. It'll come back to us. But basically, this but, whole show. A whole show, like, it was, like, the center plot line was based around me, but you were, like, also, like, the leading character, too, who was, like, my neighbor. <gasps> the season one were... finale. Sorry. Not season one. The, the act one. <laughs> You need to cut off that white zinc. Oh, I've been done, boo. <laughs> okay. The act one finale is like the. Should we give it away? I mean, a little taste. There's How's a. That? There's. 
the audience doesn't really know what they're watching until the very end of it. And unfortunately, we lose a character. All I'll say is she has a heart of gold. (laughs) (laughs) But the main other character leaves us. Leaves us at the end of Act One, but her presence is there in Act Two. I make the most dramatic exit that anyone has ever made at the Act Two finale. We're gonna have during the uh, wedding, right? Because I will put it out there because I'll put positive words into the universe. But since like 2011, I picked a Lana Del Rey song as the song I'm gonna walk down the aisle to. So I think it should be like a juxtaposition. I'm going to use the word you used earlier of like, it'll be like a split, you know, theater scene. And on the left side, it's like me walking down the aisle and young and beautiful is playing. But on the other side, it's you in a hospital bed. Ascending. Ascending, but your heart rate beat is going to the beat of young and yeah. beautiful. And then the act of the last note is just a flat line. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I love that you're so on board. And you're just rising. Mm-hmm. And also, Brooke, I love you. I think Brooke's going to get a kick out of this because she's going to be able to picture it really well. And so it's like this wedding bliss on one end, but you're dying on the other end. And leading up to that, I'm like, where's Tammy? Why isn't she at my wedding? Or like, where's Lolita? Because that's a Lana song. Mm-hmm. So your name is Lolita. <sighs> I'm like, where's Lolo? Where's my like maid of honor? And you're dying. You're like, I never can trust her for anything. <laughs> that bitch. And I'm literally right. dying next to you. And you're dead. Exactly. So that act two is like me finding out, but then like Lolita kind of like guiding me. So it's kind of like my... Angels in America mixed with. <laughs> right. <laughs> with Lana Del Rey vibes. But the entire soundtrack is Lana Del Rey songs. Yes, it's a review musical. Right. And Lana gives us the right to that. Yeah. No, she just so... like hands him over. She says, do it. Oh, yeah. She doesn't even make us, like, give her royalties. She's like, I just need this, like, out in public. She's just like, I need, like, front row, opening night. That's it. Oh, yeah. She has open standing whenever she wants to come. So I won't give too many spoilers away, but, you know, tune in to season two of Two Hoots and a Holler next year. We might be doing a table read. We might. And I know it sounds like a hot mess from just our, like, explanations, but it's gold, believe me. Like, it's... I I didn't hear any hot mess. I just heard art. I just heard hot. <laughs> That's it. So then the other one really quick in like the early, early workshop stages, we kind of invested a little more emotion into the Lana one. We're going to do a Hamilton parody. Well, that's, see, I keep saying parody, but like, we're gonna take it seriously. Should we wait? So should Hamilton... we even should we just leave it at that? It's like our version of Hamilton, and just leave it at that. And then they should tune in to the next episode to like get the end, get the combination. Is yes, it clickbait? But it's clickbait. But say the title, even though we said it in the last episode. Say the title of what it'll be called, and then next episode we'll you know tie it in somehow. Well, next episode. Okay, wait. Say. <laughs> 
say the name of it first just so we can let it sink in. Cattleton. That's all you need to know. Now, next week, folks, um, we've had her on as a guest, as our only guest in the past, but it's a little more special next week because Dr. Pilot BJPP and myself are going to be in the same location. Yes! So she made it, folks, on her flight. She performed surgery. She's going to be fine after her hip injury. Right. She's fine. She's fine. And so she actually is making it to Michigan. And they're going to be together in their little cute little humble bowls. And I'm going to be here with the kids. I know. Exactly. So we're going to get to do, like, a interactive celebration we kind of have some things planned out it's gonna be a lot of fun but dr pilot and then add on her next job is gonna be with us next week i can't wait she flies in monday very excited to see her and i hope everyone can tune in to episode 11 yeah because i know i can't i mean we say it every episode like we're so shocked we didn't say it this episode until now I can, I can uh, edit that out and post. Just kidding, I'm not. <laughs> um, but I mean, oh, what's the other generic line I say? Ten weeks. That's longer than my last relationship. <laughs> but um, but in actuality, for, uh, but all jokes aside. <laughs> but on the real. Um, if, <laughs> but on the real, real. Um, if you want to suggest a topic idea, I mean, we're going national, we're spread to like a lot of different countries. So like, if you want to email us, um, you can reach us at two hoots, which is hoots with H double O T Z and a holler at gmail.com. Right. And if you like our content, the offer still stands. If you email us, you will get an exclusive free lifelong subscription to our patreon yep lifelong folks the deal of a lifetime yep deal of a lifetime so um please email us and um i'll segue into our sign off line by saying another person left um our work a couple weeks no it it was last week and I liked her. She was a nice gal, but she's just got something like closer to home. Mm-hmm. And she was leaving last week and I gave her a, like a hug and stuff. And, and you know what I said? You said, keep in touch. I said, keep in touch. Oh. And it wasn't like, after how much we parody it and everything, I had no other words to say than keep in touch. Wow. And I mean, as much as we parried it and much as we talk all the time together, I just have, like, one more thing to say to you, Keith. What? Just just tell me. Keep in touch. I'll keep in touch if you make me a promise that you'll keep in touch. Oh, well, I will keep in touch because you're keeping in touch, then I will be keeping in touch. Oh, my gosh. Well, if you keep in touch, then I'll keep in touch, and you keep in touch, and I'll keep in touch, and... We'll keep in touch. So ten. <laughs> All right, I love you very much. I love you too. Sleep well. And uh, we'll talk soon. Like tomorrow. Keep in touch. Keep in touch. Bye. Keep in touch.
I'd fuck the one flirt. <laughs> <laughs>